Greetings, everybody, and welcome to the Clear Path Connection. My name is John Wanglin, the host of the Clear Path Connection, as well as the peer support manager in Broome County, Tioga County, and Shenango Counties in New York for Clear Path for Veterans. We welcome you to the podcast wherever you're listening to this, whether it's in the United States or whether it's across the world and all other countries that are out there, because yes, we've had many new listeners that have been coming through over the first four to five, six weeks that we've been doing this now, and we have people from overseas listening, so welcome. We're so excited that you're joining us, and we're really humbled the fact that you know you guys are uh, listening from all over and that you're enjoying it, and uh, I hope it's been a good first few episodes for everybody, and it's going to keep getting better and better each time. We're going to have great interviews. We're going to have great topics we're going to talk about on here, and I'd love to get some interaction from some of the veterans, some of the family members, and everybody out there. So if you're interested in coming on the podcast and talking about some of the stuff we talk about on here, or if you're interested, maybe sharing your story, if you're a veteran or you're a family member, something like that. If you're interested, just hit me up. It's really easy to find us. It's Jonathan at clearpath So just go over there. You can email me and then we can talk and see if we can make it happen. So once again, welcome to the show. Glad you're here. It's been a rough few months for everybody across the world with the COVID stuff going on with COVID-19, the coronavirus. And I'm really hoping, as everybody else is, that everybody's doing well during these tough times and that everybody's staying safe because it's a really, really, really dangerous and scary time for all of us that's out there. And we really hope that you're doing well and you're getting through it. Now, on today's episode, I'd like to talk a little bit about some great things that we have coming up at Clear Path for Veterans. And even though it's a few days after Memorial Day that this is going to release, I really want to talk about veterans and I want to talk about some of the different things that I've been talking with some of my clients down here in Broome County and some of the people that I work with and some of my friends who are veterans. And I really want to talk about what serving meant to them because serving your country is such a noble thing to do. Potentially having to go to war is such a noble thing to do. And for the veterans that are out there, the family members that held the fort down at home when their loved ones were gone, everybody out there that's done something to support the veterans, I really want you to know a little bit about why people serve and why some of the reasons that people told me. Because I reached out to a bunch of my different clients and I asked them that question because I wanted to know. And I wanted to be able to share it realistically here on the show for you all to hear some of the different things that they said on why they chose to serve. And uh, I think it's really empowering to hear it. And I'm not going to mention their names, you know, because of confidentiality and stuff. But I did get their permission to, you know, share their thoughts here on it. They get, you know, people have no problem doing that. And I just won't share names ever unless somebody tells me they want their name shared or if it was something that was pertinent. So I'm not going to give the names, but I'm going to give you some of their answers. So once again, I called up several of my clients and several of my friends and several people, you know, that were out there that have served in the past. And I really wanted to know, why did you decide to serve? Now, I got such different answers, which was really cool, because when I used to teach back in the day, that was a question that I would ask my students. I was a leadership school instructor for the Air Force for four years. And I'm going to talk more about that later on. But I would always ask my students who are going to be young you know, or young NCOs in the making, why did you decide to serve? And you would always get so many different answers because everybody has different reasons on why they choose to uh, chose to enlist, why they chose to serve. 
And that's the unique thing about service to this country, people that have given their lives, you know, for our country and in service of it, is that everybody has different reasons. Maybe some of them are similar in some ways, but everybody has a different reason, which was really the solidifying factor for them to go and serve their country. So here's some of the ones that I that I reached out from people, and here's some of the answers that they gave me why they chose to serve. I had two people, actually, who were older that were drafted in. Now, they were drafted in during Vietnam. And of course, you know, we all know how difficult and tough that war was and how long it went on and just the awful things that were going on um, as there isn't any war. But those individuals who I pulled for that, that was in that era, were all were both drafted. And of course, they didn't they didn't want to go in at that point. They were one was 19. And I believe the the other one he said was 21 or 20 when they uh, when they drafted him to go to Vietnam. And man, I can't imagine being told, you know, I have to do something like that. And it's just a testament to these brave people and to everybody that was drafted, everybody that served at that time too, you know, just everybody in general, what they went through and whether they liked it or not, they were drafted. So most of the, you know, most of the things you hear from a lot of draftees for me is that, um, yeah, they didn't want to go, but it was a tough thing they went through but it was valuable experiences. And I've heard that so many times throughout my life. And really when I was talking to these two gentlemen, that's what they were explaining it to me is, yeah, they didn't like it. They didn't like the situation. They didn't like being drafted. They didn't like having to go to war, but the things they learned in their time and their service really, really helped them throughout their lives and what they did after that and what they did in their careers, what they did with their families, what goals they had. And both of them were talking about how the military really taught them those skills and taught them how to grow up, taught them how to mature, taught them things that they would use later in life that they never saw till they were later in life. And I thought that was really neat and cool to hear it because um, it was just such a tough situation they were in to be drafted and to hear that great outlook just shows the wisdom of these individuals and why we need to listen to people with wisdom and why we need to talk to our veterans, whether it's past, present, or way back when. If we can have the opportunity, let's learn from them because they're the wisdom that we can gain things from often. And I was I was just really honored to speak with those two individuals and get their side and what they thought about everything that was going on and what they thought about service. Now, I also spoke to several friends of mine that are actually still actively serving. I served for almost 12 years and unfortunately my career ended early because of injury. So I enlisted in 2002 and a lot of my really good friends are actually still serving to this day, which I get sometimes I get a little bummed out about because I don't get a chance to do it anymore because of my injuries. And I had to medically, um, unfortunately, I medically couldn't do it anymore and it ended my career. But I still get a chance and I still have great friends from my service and from the times I was in. And they're some of my best friends in the world. So I asked a few of them, people that were with me from basically the beginning, maybe a year or two you know, longer than me, people that are winding down their careers, people that are around my age, guys that I knew when I was in, and I asked them why they chose to serve. One of them had expressed to me that they grew up very poor. They grew up without a lot of things in their life, um, didn't have a really stable family environment, and the military was a way for them to try to make something out of their life and to try to kind of get out from the situation that they were in in life, you know, not having any money, living in poverty, living in a dysfunctional home, just really having an unstable life. And, you know, once again, I thought it was really interesting just to learn because the way I looked at them, because I've known them for 
almost 18 years, I didn't really know a lot of the, the backstory and how rough it really was for them. So to hear how the military kind of saved their life and kept them on the right track and gave them the things that they have now in regards to tools and skills was once again, it was just really a cool thing to hear about. And it's one of the many things people don't understand about veterans and those who serve is that once again, we all love our own reasons, but their reasonings are really interesting. And not everybody comes from the best environment. Not everybody has money. Not everybody can live and do the things that we are doing right now. And the military helped so many people grow up. And these veterans, I just find them so interesting too. And I love to hear their stories. And I love to see my friends who went through those rough times able to serve still to this day and teach the younger people coming in the military, the younger soldiers, the younger airmen, sailors, Marines coming in and teach them through their stories on what it's like to be in the military, what it's like to be a veteran and what it's like to serve and how you serve honorably. And uh, I just thought it was really cool. And it's nice to get to know your friends a little bit and why they did certain things as well. I spoke to also to a client of mine and he is in his late forties at this point. So that will kind of give you an understanding of the age he was in his, he's in his late forties at this point. And he had told me he chose to serve because it was something in his family that he was taught with patriotism. He came from a long lineage of people that were serving in the military, uh, dating all the way back to World War II, you know, from family members that he had. And that service was something in his house that was extremely important and something that was emphasized and stressed to, uh, to him from a very young age, the importance of it and what it can do for you. So he joined because of patriotism to wanting to follow in the in the footsteps of his family lineage. And you hear this sometimes from people. I remember when I would teach once again, and I would hear sometimes people say that. And I know for me, I grew up and everyone, every man in my family served. My great, uh, my great grandfather did. My grandfather did. Actually, excuse me, both my grandfathers did. My uncle did. My dad did. My cousins, um, almost all of them who are men have served. And I followed in that same footsteps too. So whether I realized it or not, when I enlisted, maybe that was one of the big reasons, you know, for me. And I just maybe didn't realize that at that young of an age, that that was something that I was taught and I wanted to do the same thing. So it was neat to hear somebody's story in regards to that, that that's the main reason that they joined. So I found that really cool and interesting. Once again, I'll share my experience, why I chose to serve. And I chose to serve because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And I loved being part of a team. Um, I did always grow up being told the importance of service and the importance of giving back to others and the importance of being a patriot. Um, so that maybe definitely, like I said, didn't realize it at the time, but it played definitely into that factor on why I decided to go and uh, enlist in the Air Force. And then when I really look at it, it's, once again, it's that I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I think I lacked direction in some ways at a young age because I was a kid. I was only 20 years old. So I maybe lacked a little bit of direction, maybe a little bit of work ethic to develop a career. I wasn't into school at the time and I had gone to two years of college. It just wasn't for me. And I always wanted to travel the world. I loved my country. I loved the idea of being on the best team in the world because I played sports growing up. And I just didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So I thought it'd be a great thing for me to go learn about myself and gain some different skills. 
And boy, did the military do that for me. Did that service do it for me? I saw the world, good, bad, in different places. Some of the worst things you could see I was experienced to and went through. But these experiences were things that are so valuable that, man, I think it's definitely shaped me for who I am as a person today. And I'm so thankful and grateful for that. And I really just wanted to learn about myself, too. And I learned so much about myself and I was able to gain those skills that I wanted to be when I got older for when I had a family and when I had kids and lessons that I could teach them, too. And I really am grateful, you know, to my service to the military and what the military gave me with that. And it did give me direction and it did teach me what I wanted to do in life. I wanted to stay in and make a career, but I couldn't because of my injuries. And that was very devastating to me when that happened. But once again, the military offers a million opportunities and I took advantage of it. I went to school. Um, I got my master's degree. I got a bunch of other degrees and I had skills because of the things I learned in the military because of my service to go benefit my community, go benefit veterans, to benefit the places that I work in, to just be an overall better person. Um, and I was able to do those things because of the military. And it gave me the direction I needed to do or, or that I needed to follow in life. And now I'm able to follow my dream and follow something I love doing, working in this field in human services with the great veterans that we have serving others, serving my community. Um, military gave me that and my service gave me that. It taught me those those skills. So when I look back at it, those, I think, were my main reasons for why I chose to serve. Now, it's a somber note. It's a sad note, but I think it's an important story to tell of one other person I knew pretty darn well and somebody and I knew why somebody I knew, you know, like I said, pretty well and somebody that I cared for and somebody that I came across during my career as a student. And he was a great kid and his name was Andrew Bubach and Andrew was a great kid. He was a really good guy and Andrew wanted nothing in life more than to be a doctor. He wanted to go become a doctor. And unfortunately, growing up, I don't think his parents could afford to send him to college. I don't think that was something that maybe was emphasized to him. I don't know the extenuating circumstances, um, but that I think from talks I had with him going back way far back, I think those may have, might have been some of the bigger reasons for him why he had to serve. And he always had a dream of being a doctor and he was so he was so proud of it. And he was going to school when he was in. And he was going to get all of his science, all of his prerequisites, and he ended up getting his bachelor's degree. And he had been accepted into med school um, to go to the med program wherever uh, his home was, I believe, in South Carolina. Um, or it might have been Texas he was going to for a school. I, I can't remember exactly where it was, but he got accepted into um, medical school. So he was going to be able to live his dream when his enlistment ran out. Um, and he And he loved to serve. He really did. And Andrew came through my class as I was a leadership instructor. The Air Force is uh, uses, it's called the Airman Leadership School in the Air Force. It's for E-4s that are transitioning to become NCOs or are on the cusp of doing it. So yet you have to go through Airman Leadership School and we would teach them the basics of leadership, the principles of it, all that great stuff. And it's a very extensive course that they would go through for six weeks. Very, very difficult at times. And Andrew was one of my students in there. He was a really quiet kid. And he was as sharp as they came. And he actually did for a job in the military. He worked on like the computer systems and one of the administrators. I mean, they, they, he was Andrew was smart. Like he was a smart young man. And 
they tricked him to play a joke on me. My students wanted to play a joke on me because Andrew could hack into my computer because he was one of the basis computer guys. So he put this like crazy photo and stupid stuff on my account. Um, and so when I popped it up on a PowerPoint, it showed this stupid, crazy stuff. I'm not going to repeat what it was, but I acted like <laughs> I, I wanted to laugh so hard. So I was like, I'm going to get this kid back. And I acted like I was so mad at him and I played it along for the rest of the day. And I thought it was hilarious inside of me. I wasn't mad at all, but I was like, I got to get him back for this. And everybody thought it was funny. So I went around like I was like I was really ticked off. And I went around the rest of the day like that. And I pretended like I was going to give him big trouble and I was going to kick him out of the course or something like that. And he was sweating it out for the rest of the day, man. I'm telling you. It might have even been on a Friday, if I remember correctly, and he might have I might have even made him sweat it out over the weekend. I, I think that might have been it. But this is a long time ago. I'm just trying to remember all the details. But irregardless, I made him sweat it out. And then I went up to him and I pulled him into my office and I pretended like I was going to run in the riot act. And I and, and then I just let him on. I let him loose. I mean, he was as white as a ghost. He was so scared. He thought I was going to like kick him out of the class and then he wouldn't have been able to get, you know, continue and do his stuff. But Man, I couldn't keep it. He was such a good kid and funny kid and nice kid and quiet, mild mannered kid. And, and I just played along for a minute and then I just started laughing. And you you could see him. He was so relieved. He's like, really, really, Sergeant Wayland? He's like, you're not mad. I said, no, man, come on. And that, that was just funny. And we would always tease Andrew about that. And I would see him after he graduated very frequently, he worked close by on the base. So I would see him frequently throughout there. You know, I would stop and talk and check in on him, see what I was doing like I did with all my other students. And man, he was doing great stuff. He was really doing well. He was airman of the year, I believe, for our base uh, one year or at least airman of the quarter multiple times, which we would do at our base in the Air Force. Um, you know, that's kind of how we would do that at that time. And I mean, he was a real stud. He was a go getter. Um, he had just made his NCO stripes. He was going to sew on. He might have even sewn on at this point, um, but he was ready to. And he had been accepted once again into med school. Now, he got tasked with a deployment and he went to um, Bagram Air Base. It was Bagram Air Base or it was in, uh, I believe it was, uh, God, I'm trying to remember all the names out there. I, I, it was probably uh, Bagram Air Base because we were in the Air Force that he was going to. Um, and he got hit with a, an assignment to go out there for a six month tour. Um, over in Afghanistan, but he had a very short time left that was in. So they would have given him the option to not go um, and let somebody else take his spot because he was right coming up on the end of his enlistment. Um, and he, like I said, he had already been accepted into med school in that fall. And it didn't waver for him at all in regards to his commitment to what he did. He never thought twice about it. He uh, never let anybody else take his spot. He went in, he went in, he went in and did it. Um, he served. Didn't complain, not once from what I ever heard. He took it like a man. He took it graciously. He could have passed the buck and he didn't get all these great things coming for him in his life. He was going to go to med school. He had just gotten married to his, his beautiful bride at the time. And Andrew went to Afghanistan. And unfortunately, when he was in Afghanistan, um, they got hit by, uh, I believe it was an RPG. And he was on a tower and he got killed from it. And I remember I get I got a call on the command post for, at our base that would alert you to different important messages. And I was the one that picked up. I was in the middle of teaching a class and I had uh, put him on break and I was in my office and I had gotten a call from the command post that said, put your flag at half staff. 
So I said, okay, so what happened? You know, did somebody important die? Like, you know, in, in some big, you know, political name or ex-president or something like that. And they're like, no, they didn't. It was somebody from our base. And I said, who, what? I said, man. And I'd been there for many years at this point. So I knew a lot of the people on the base pretty well, especially with people coming through at my school. And they told me the name that Andrew Bubach had been killed. And man, I got just, it just like took me back. It's still to this day, all these years later, I get goosebumps when I talk about it. It takes me back really far. And I remember the last conversation I had with him when he was so excited to tell me about med school and about getting married and about his life and about everything that he had coming up for him in his life and where he was going on his deployment and how he was excited to serve his uh, country one last time and do this stuff. And I was so impressed with him as a person and I was so impressed with him as a professional and I was even more impressed with him as a veteran, as a airman, as a member of the United States armed forces. And I remember sitting down, I was like, you're going to do such great things in your life, Andrew, like you stay safe. And I remember him giving me a big hug and, you know, saying, yep, absolutely. Sergeant Wineland, no problem. And when I got that note from the command post, when they called me up and told me he died, it was like somebody stabbing a dagger right inside of me. And I had to tell the students, a lot of them knew him well. Now, why did I tell you that story? Because Memorial Day was last week. And maybe you all out there have similar stories of people that paid the sacrifice. Maybe, maybe you know somebody, you know, that's been through that. Maybe you don't. Maybe you know a lot of people. Maybe you've been through near-death situations. People like Andrew Bubach didn't make it home. They didn't get a chance to live their life. He was only 23 almost 24 years old, he didn't get to live his life. But he did it honorably, and he lived honorably, and he served honorably, and he followed the core values of the Air Force, service before self, excellence in all we do, and integrity. Andrew had integrity. He had service before self, and he always had excellence in all he did. And I'm sure at the end of his life, all those things held still and held true that he was all those things still, because that's the type of young man that he was. And I'm sure you all know many people like that too. And if you don't, there's people like Andrew, there's other people out there that pay that sacrifice. There's people out there that chose to serve for certain reasons. They're all different. And there's people out there that will be affected because their loved ones will never come home because they made that sacrifice to their country. So food for thought, just a few things to think about, things that had come to my mind that I wanted to cover. To all those that gave the ultimate sacrifice all throughout the years in our country, I say thank you. I know our organization says thank you. And everybody across the world, United States, whatever country you're in, we're thankful for our soldiers no matter where. We're soldiers of of the U.S. Armed Forces, other ones. It takes a lot to serve. And I sure know I'm proud of the U.S. military and the people that I served with or the people that I see going to serve now. Well, a little event that we got going on. It's going to be really cool. And I want to tell you guys about it. I'm going to get Maggie, who's our volunteer coordinator, uh, volunteer manager, put so many of these events on with the other great staff members that we have doing them here at Clear Path. Big shout out to them. They're doing great stuff. We have the... Operation Heroes virtual walk run in cycle that's coming up real soon. It is going to be 
online event. So it's a total online event and it's from ranges from June 5th all the way to June 14th. And here's some details about it. I'm not going to read them all to you because you can go over to the website or excuse me, our website, or you can go over to Facebook and check this out and you'll see it right under the clear path Facebook page. But here's a little bit about it. And it says support clear path for veterans for from wherever you are. While we can't gather as a group now, we can come together while we are apart and show support for our nation's heroes by taking part in Operation Heroes. As a community, we can all do our part to get back to the brave men and women. And how can you all help? You all can help ClearPath. ClearPath for Veterans continue to provide essential programming and services to veterans, military members, and their families by taking part in this great event that we have coming up, Operation Heroes. So what is it? It's a walk, run, cycle event that you can take part in from the comfort and safety of your own home. Weather's getting better, so it's definitely good to get out there, folks, and get some exercise and get out there and see that fresh air. So let's show our support for everybody. Let's show our support for the brave men and women who served our country. You can show, you can show your support by participating in this Operation Heroes event, and you will be supporting Clear Path when you do that. And that will help us continue our mission of serving those who serve. So how do you take part in it? To participate in this year's event. So to, to participate in this year's event, your registration, donation, and pledge for it will be directly put back into supporting our programs. Clear Path uh, for Veterans, the programs that we all have here, if you don't know, are amazing. Check out the website, clearpathforvets.com. See for yourself. We do so much great things for people. So this is all going right back to them, whether it's in the peer support programs, culinary, our canteens when we can open up things, our can our employment program, our canine program, all of it. So if you want to register to walk, run, cycle on behalf of Clear Path for Veterans, military members and their families, pledge a donation if you can, any amount you're comfortable with for every mile that you walk, every mile that you run or every mile that you cycle. At the end of the 10 day Operation Heroes event, you can make your donation to ClearPath if you choose to, to continue to provide the services and programs that we offer. And this will be a big help. All registered participants are going to receive access to the Operations Heroes Library. Um, we're going to get exclusive content and an event week bib to personalize so you can show your support for Operation Heroes and a mileage tracking tool. Gift certificates, things like that are also going to be offered as prizes, merchandise. And even a $75 gift certificate to a local restaurant of your choice is going to be available. So make sure you go over to our social media, check it out. Gives all the different things on there. Just look out for the Operation Heroes Virtual Walk, Run and Cycle. That's where you can get signed up right over there. That's where you can get all the information that explains everything step by step. Because there's a long post. There's a lot of great stuff that's in it and a lot more things that you can see. So that's just one of the many things that we got going on. Many more things upcoming too. We'll talk about them next week on the episode when I get Maggie on. So really, please go over to the social media. Please go over. Hopefully you can sign up for this. We really hope you do. And we really appreciate all of your support. Always, we hope to get back reopened soon in our facilities when it's safe and when it's deemed that we're okay to. And we thank you all always for your support. And if we can ever help out in any way, shape or form, just head on over to clearpathforvets.com. You can drop emails to us or you can call 315-687-3300. And you can check us out on social media. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. It's Clear Path for Vets. Just type that in. You'll see our page over there. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I appreciate your time. We appreciate once again all you do. 
I hope that you guys are all doing well all across the U.S., all across the world. And I hope everybody's staying safe. So until the next episode next week, be good. Take care of yourself. And most importantly, take care of one another. We here at The Clear Path for veterans team and staff, thank you all so much. And we will catch you on the next episode of The Clear Path Connection. What's going on? You have John Wanglin, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at is Khabib Namagamadov versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets. Are you interested in spirituality and the paranormal? Do you enjoy having conversations about social issues and current events with a balanced and spiritual perspective? Are you intrigued by ancient prophecies and mysteries of the past or just unraveling modern-day conspiracy theories? If so, I would like to invite you to come on a journey with me on my show, The Spirit Side, available on all the major podcast platforms. I'm Paul James Caden, and I hope to see you there.